<clears throat> Welcome everyone to the mightiest podcast in the nine realms, metas, and mutants. I am Tombstone the Dead Man, and this is my fellow Avenger, Super Psy Guy. What up? What's good, Super Psy Guy? I caught up on this week's comics and completely forgot one of the guys I wanted to talk about in our last episode. Oh man, who was that? Or do beast. you want to save that? Oh, the beast. beast. Oh, he's <laughs> just talking about hypocrites. <laughs> That's a guy who's just sitting there casually committing war crimes and crimes <laughs> against humanity. Like it's nobody's business. Like, yo, my dude, I thought you were supposed to be the enlightened man. Oh, well, apparently even the enlightened man can get dark. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's kind of been an ongoing thing throughout the uh, Krakoa era stuff, mm-hmm. but he kind of took over a Central American country. Wow. Wow. And by took over, I mean he basically turned the people into other people or into living bioweapons. Whoa, 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 Wait a minute. First of all, living bioweapons? And secondly, yep. you said Central American, right? Yeah. That better not have been Belize, or me no, and Beast no. gonna have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh it was a fictional country, but oh, it's like okay. point stands. Yes. My dude took the CIA aspect of uh being X Force. Very literally. <laughs> Very literally. He took it so seriously, he overthrew a Central American country. <laughs> Look, he couldn't have took it any more seriously if he had just imported drugs from there over to, to Krakoa. <laughs> Damn it. Damn, beast? Well, he is a beast. He is a beast. Um, It's crazy because... They have done a lot. Listen, the X-Men used to be the Boy Scouts. They were. They were they were they were trying to do the whole Boy Scout thing, protect their own while protecting a world that hates and despises them. And that's gone. That's not even really the it's not a thing now. <laughs> they've not, given up on that. They've given up on that shit. They've clearly given up on that. And I can't really say I blame them when you consider all of the things that mutant mutant kind has had to go through. At the hands of human trash, like there. At that point, we got all these powers, all these abilities, all these skills, and why are we letting these flatline humans? Excuse me, flat scans, and then what they call flat. Why are they letting these flat scans bully us like this? Nope, no more. Mm-mm, mm-mm. On any given day, the X Men or mutants, period have about three or four people that if they wanted to could just take over the world. <laughs> Why are we letting the, these people do this to us? I understand. Yeah. I get it. But I, I mean, it's it. just like, this is a guy whose whole thing is the fact that he prides himself on nine non-violence, prides himself on Rationality. Taking, the high, taking the high road even yeah. when your opponents won't. Yeah. And then he just... He's just going around committing war crimes and (laughs) overthrowing democratically elected governments. And wouldn't you argue? And then straight up lying about what he's doing. Who? Wait a minute. Who? 
So so did Charles and them not know this was some shit he was pulling? Nope. Wow. Emma Frost figured it out and wow. basically gave one of the other members of X-Force. Wow. I know this I know this is all Hank, but you guys need to stop this shit. He turned into Dark Beast. He turned into Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, dark yeah, beast. He, he's not even Dark Beast. That's the thing. That's what makes it so wild is the wow. fact that this is just how he is now. And it's like, yo, you need to stop your shit, Beast. Yeah, something needs that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be doing that. That that's that's over the top, Beast. It is. It's, like, it's over it's the like top. He, He's doing shit that I'm pretty sure if Wolverine realized the extent of what he's doing, even Wolverine would be like, bro. Yeah, yeah. And that's you're, you're a guy who's willing to do that kind of exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. And it, even he's crazy. like, yo, that, that, that ain't cool. You know, Saber, for all of Sabretooth's atrocities, at least he'll straight up kill you. He won't, like, that scene, what Beast is doing seems a lot worse. Like, Sabretooth was a fucking animal, you know? He's a serial killer, but that shit Beast doing? That's on another scale to me. Like you're literally taking over another country and then transforming the people into some other shit. Like that, like I don't know how much worse you could get other than a mass extermination. Literally, if Sabretooth killed everyone in a country, then he might be on the level of Beast at this point. Like that's that's I, crazy. I mean, like the people of this country are basically organic mutant controlled bio sentinels oh man oh man yeah that's bad that's bad yeah that's bad man jeez beast what are you doing over there huh well all, all i really did as far as uh the comic book stuff is i did catch up with um uh, immortal hulk um, yo that shit was crazy that that was a crazy issue I told you, man. Like I, I sent insane. you the messages after, as I was reading parts. It was like, "Yo, that shit was insane." Holy shit! Just called Captain America a bootlicker. Boot hey, listen, listen. We we gotta talk about that because at, take adequate, right? One of our uh, multi-world entertainment brethren. So he didn't know much about Cap, but this is what he did know. I see stars and bars and every representation I've ever seen of him and other things. He's been the stand up. All right, soldier. Right. And I was like, yeah, but that's not Steve's whole story. Like Steve legitimately rebelled against the United States government <laughs> to protect other heroes identities. Like Steve can be very uh, soldier oriented, Fast taking orders and all that bullshit, but Steve also does not look at it the way people think he he looks at it. He thinks he's doing some shit for the American people. Now I would argue with him that the American people are trash too, but that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The American people are trash. The government is trash. The government comes from the people, right? The people that work up in the government were educated amongst the people. And got these positions, those fucked up ass habits, those fucked up ass behavioral patterns, they didn't learn that when they got into politics. That was shit they was doing before they got into politics. And the reason they wanted to get into politics for a lot of them is to have the power to benefit 
from that fuckery, right? <laughs> so, I mean, Steve says, I do this for the people, but the people ain't shit either. <laughs> the, people, the people ain't shit either. So I don't I don't I don't understand. But he I don't think he's the more I've learned about Steve, because I wasn't the biggest Captain America fan either. The more I've learned about Steve, he's got layers, he's nuanced. He's not just that. It's just that he's been trained as a soldier. So in a situation where there is a um a hierarchy of um um of this person's lieutenant, this person's a captain, this person's a general, he tends to fall into that pattern of um, you know, soldier following order shit. But if you ask him to do something that he feels goes against whatever, he's not gonna do it. He's yeah, not gonna do it. he's not but like one, Superman. But one of those things where he has no problems doing it is fighting one of his best friends, the Hulk, yeah, even fact. when the Hulk's trying to talk. That's a fact. And I blame in, Thor for in, that too. I blame in Thor this for that case, too. Hulk was actively attacked, defended himself. Yeah. Then the Avengers show up yep. and are like, we, we're taking you down. Look at what you did. I was attacked, bro. And listen, and, and listen, listen to who the Avengers listened to. Henry fucking Gyrick. Now, now, yeah. now, listen, listen. For those of you that are not maybe that uh, 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 into the X Men lore and shit like that, Henry Gyrick's been an asshole. He's been an asshole, and the Avengers should not be taking any instructions from him at all. Seriously, like oh, the first yeah. pa Black Panther is a fucking head of state. He should have been like, "I know you." Nah, well, we got to check into this a little more. We'll we'll go there to see what's happening. But nah, but I also blame Thor for that because that was personal. That shit that happened in that yeah. bar, that was personal. That was all personal. That was remembering what happened last time. I actually liked the fight in the yeah. second um in the second um the, the follow up oh, issue. Oh, with, with the uh, arm. Yeah, yeah, I thought that yeah. was. Dope. I thought I thought that whole scene. This is what I'm talking and, about. And, and just how how Hulk answered Steve when yes. he was like. Thor can't breathe. It's like, oh, he can't finish what he, what he started. started. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> what a shame. shame. <laughs> it's like, yo. yo. It's cool. It, it, that, that was an ill-ass issue. And then the but, other thing. You know, given how we were talking about those two specifically mm -hmm. in their power levels, mm -hmm. that fight actually did them both Yes, it did. Good. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I was, yeah, I was pleased with that. <laughs> in this case, it's like. You know, of course, Hulk's going to win. It's a Hulk. Comic. It's his book. It's his book. But also, given like everything that's coming out of the uh, the one below all and everything else yeah. there that you're getting out of it, his yeah. current power level is his current power level at base is kind of amped. Yeah, the fuck it's it's up. yo. Think about it. If he's getting if if this power, the origins of it is the one below all. So you have the one below all. You have the one above all. That, we're talking scaling here. Like Hulk is truly unlimited for real. At this point in time, he's unlimited because he has this unlimited source of power coming into him. Thor, I don't care if he's Odin, Odin Force Thor or not. He's not fucking with that. The fact that he did as well as he did, and and when they continue to fight, is impressive enough for me because Hulk clearly is more powerful than him right now. It, it's not even close, and they but even like, said, you also realize like what Hulk did. Yeah, 
us like the episode before when he kind of started absorbing mm-hmm. energy that wasn't even gamma energy. Anymore. Right. And right. it was like, yo, my my dude is coming up right here. Yes, he is. And the series is close to an end. That's the thing. Is yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're they're wrapping everything up at this point too. So you know it's coming down to the big final, the big battle final battle. Yep, yep. So yep. obviously Hulk's going to be upgraded because it's the big final battle against mm-hmm. uh, the, the one leader. above, all, the one below all, the leader of um, Stearns. Yo, Stearns is a night. I have always laughed at Stearns. Uh, he's kind uh, of a laughable character. He's laughable. Not now. Reading a lot of that shit. He's kind of manipulated. Issues, he, he, he's kind of manipulated everything. So he is the main force of the one below all right yeah, now. And it's like, yeah. no. He's actually scary now. Like, like Stearns is actually scary. Look at him and go, whoa. He was a clown to me with a big head. Whose head was too big? His head was too big to not still be on the level of Doctor Doom. <laughs> Yo, Doom has a regular size head. Your head is this—it's like a big ass fucking a burl. All this brain, and you still aren't Doctor Doom level. Come on, he's not Modok or anything. <laughs> no, Modok, Modok. Look, do listen, people listening to this uh, program. Do yourself a favor and go watch. Um, Earth, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Avengers, the cartoon. Watch the episode where Thor and Wasp attack AIM. It is the funniest shit ever. The commentary Thor and Wasp make about oh, Modok's head. You have, got, you have got to watch this. You have got to watch it. It's, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, they're just making fun of Modok the whole time. <laughs> Thor I mean, was truly it, disgusted too. He was like, "What is this? Can, can you blame them? He's no. a giant head on a tiny body with a baby legs." <laughs> Though oh, I will also hideous. say, I know it's on Disney Plus through their Hulu or Star thing. Yeah, but they have that adult animated, like almost claymation yes. style, uh, yes. Modoc show. My that daughter show just started watching that. Yeah, I got I to gotta catch up. My daughter just It's, it's only two. I think the third episode is, like, just coming out. So. Bet, bet. Also, um, next week, Loki. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I guess it will be I'm this week when this episode comes up. Yeah, true. Very true. Um, speaking, of, speaking of which, we got a news show for y'all today. Um, some stories you want to go over, give you our opinion, our commentary on, and I'll let you get the first one. All right, first up is Christopher McDonald joins Secret Invasion cast. Is that old McDonald's uncle? Yes, yes it is. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking ass. (laughs) (laughs) So Christopher McDonald, who some of you may recognize as Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is the latest big name to join Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn in Secret Invasion, the upcoming Marvel series for Disney+. Plus. Interesting. In Secret of Invasion, Jackson and Mendelsohn reprise their MCU characters Nick Fury and the Skrull Talos, respectively, who first met in Captain Marvel. The mm-hmm. crossover comic event series showcases a faction of shape-shifting Skrulls who have been infiltrating Earth for years. 
Details about this role are being kept under wraps, but I hear it is a newly created character that could cross over to the larger MCU, including appearing in movies and other Disney Plus limited series. Interesting. A rep for Marvel declined to comment. Uh, the cast of Secret Invasion is expected to also include Olivia Coleman, Amelia Clark, Kingsley Benadire, and Killian Scott. McDonald is recurring on well-received new HBO Max comedy series Hacks and co-stars in an indie featuring uh, feature called Walking with Herb. He was recently seen in the hit Netflix movie We Can Be Heroes, and he is repped by Gersh and Brillstein Entertainment Partners. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick speculation of who this character is. It's an original character, supposedly. Hmm. I think he's going to be an original character, but it's going to be based on somebody. Like, what about Super Scroll? Because why why would he, why is this character so important right now Um, where he's going to be, they're talking about him crossing over into the other MCU stuff. He's got to be somebody, like, that they have big plans for, right? Yeah, but I don't know why you wouldn't do Super Scroll himself. That's true. There's no reason not to do Super Scroll. Yeah. There's no reason not to do that. That's so may- maybe they could have him be doing some kind of... Uh... I'm trying to think of someone else who'd, who'd be similar. Something kind of like... Uh... Not super scroll, but like kind of like his right hand kind of guy. Mm. Like, again, there's no reason to not have super scroll himself. Right, right. And... His handler, maybe the scientist that creates super scroll, or or yeah, Gene splices him or whatever. His Franken, yeah. his his Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah, because like obviously, uh the Fantastic Four haven't been introduced yet, and right. given Super Scroll's powers were based off of the Fantastic Fours, right? You wouldn't have him in there yet. So yeah, maybe it could be a guy looking at creating a new Ultimate Warrior for mm-hmm. Scrolls or something like that. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And we should note that this article is from Deadline, which, unlike some of the places, this is actually significantly more reliable than yeah yeah say cosmic book news <laughs> screen rants <laughs> yeah, screen rant is basically screen rant has the credibility in the comics world that fox news has in the real world facts all facts they get on my fucking nerves <laughs> sometimes they get on my they, nerves they have a every now and then they'll have some good articles but a lot of their stuff is like the only way you could think this is if you read like a Wikipedia article yes, and, only yes. and only remembered a quarter of the information. <laughs> That's a fact. That, sir, is a fact. Um, but we'll keep an eye on it and see what happens. Um, we got a lot of content coming up soon, and it's going to be plenty of shit to speculate on. So um, next up. Dana Guerrero, am I pronouncing her name right? Um, to reprise role as a Koye in the upcoming Disney Plus series based on Wakanda. All right, so the article starts. Um, 
Get ready to see a whole lot more of Danny Carrera in the MCU as the actress has closed the deal to reprise her role as a Koye in the upcoming Black Panther spinoff series coming to Disney Plus, as well as Ryan Coogler's upcoming sequel, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Now, first thing I want to, is anybody surprised? I wasn't. No. Like, remember we did that story a while ago in one of the old, older uh, episodes where we talked about him having signing this deal with them to do these things. There was no way I would I was I would ever think that she wouldn't be a part of that in some way. There's no way, right? Um the hot casting news was first tipped by the Hollywood reporter in a list of top entertainment attorneys through Collider has since confirmed it with sources. Excuse me, though Collider has since confirmed it with sources close to the project. Representatives for Disney and Marvel had no comment. The untitled Black Panther TV series will be set in the kingdom of Wakanda, hails from Kugler's proximity media banner. Plot details remain under wraps, but the ancient high-tech societies pr provides fertile ground for a scripted series. And though it's unclear who will be joining Guerrero on the show, Okoye's involvement is a great start. Agreed. Um, Ryan Kugler is a singular storyteller whose vision and range have made him one of the standout filmmakers of his generation. With Black Panther... Ryan brought a groundbreaking story and iconic characters to life in a real, meaningful, and memorable way, creating a watershed cultural moment. We're thrilled to strengthen our relationship and look forward to telling more great stories with Ryan and his team, Disney's Bob Iger said in a recent statement when Coogler's Disney deal was announced. Um, Bob Iger has been, god damn, he's been there a, a long time now, right? Yeah. Uh, he's he, he's... I mean, he's been around. I think he started off with uh, as like Disney's one of the guys Disney brought in when they bought Marvel initially, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then uh, as the success of Marvel, especially the MCU, came up, they moved him out of Marvel and just basically told Kevin Feige, "Do your thing. Yeah, just do your thing. You have control. We're giving you everything. Do it. Do it." Because there were some issues, not just with Bob, but there was a couple. Because Bob Iger at the time was like Marvel Comics. Yeah, and, yeah. And and Marvel Studios was a separate thing. They've now merged them into just, it's all one company now, rather than having it two separate Marvel companies. That explains a lot, too, when it comes Bob, to the Bob, comics. Bob Iger was comics. They had another guy in, in the studios, and then... The guy involved in the studios hated taking any risks, was like super cheap mm, about everything. And mm. it, it almost led to uh, Kevin Feige quitting. And when he brought it up to like Disney's like, hey, listen, I'm I can't work like this. I'm done. They're like, no, what will it take to get you to stay? It's like, well, like I'm having all these issues getting this. I'm not allowed to take these choices. Right. And, like some of the choices were things like. I want to do a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And yeah. We've yeah. seen how that turned Yeah, out. facts, facts. So they basically said, like, okay, you're in charge of studios. Iger was still in charge of the comics. And eventually they were like, we're going to start, you know, intertwining it a bit more, which is right. why you're starting to see a bit more of the comic or the the movie personalities in the comics. That's the true. It's a, fact. it's a fact. More and more into the movies. They kind of moved it and they promoted Bob Iger. To like head of Disney, I think at this point, wow. he he had been there for a while, but yeah, 
Wow. And he had, again, he had done good work. He had led. Yeah, it's not like he was a bum. He was a complete bum or it, something. It, it's yeah. not like they promoted him out of there because firing him was too expensive. <laughs> was, he got promoted right. out because he was legitimately worth promoting up, yeah. and they felt Feige was able to handle everything. And well, Feige here got we them are. Billions of dollars. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, so he, continue- he ain't making those dollar dollar bills. No, no, uh. So it continues, uh, Coogler is currently hard at work on the Black Panther sequel, which will not recast the title character in the wake of the tragic, untimely death of star Ch- Chadwick Boseman. That Marvel movie is currently set to hit theaters on July 8th, 2022. And Proximity is eager to expand the story on a small screen. Coogler's collaborators include his wife, Zinzi Coogler, as well as Sev Ohanian, I guess, Ohanian? I, I don't, these names, I'm not good good with. Archie Davis, Peter Nix, and composer Ludwig Garanison. Um, yeah. <laughs> Garan played Michonne on The Walking Dead before joining the Marvel Universe, and she returned as a courier in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. She's also attached to the, to play Shirley Chisholm. Oh, that's interesting. In an upcoming bio, biopic. Um, the actress who has worked with directors ranging from Tom McCarthy to Wes Craven is represented by UTA, Susskind Management, and per the THR link above, attorney Jamie Mandelbaum. <laughs> Thanks for the assist, counselor. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I I liked her in um in The Walking Dead too. Yeah. No, what what's nice to see though is the fact that they're actively using the Dora Milaje. Yes. As characters in multiple series. They're not Absolutely. just support. They're not supporting Black Panther characters. We're like, Facts. We're Facts. seeing Okoye in this. And obviously they're going to be in Black Panther 2, Wakanda mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. But like we saw Io appear in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And like we're getting all these things where we're seeing the Dora Milaje everywhere rather yeah. than just. Oh yeah, this is just this. Like, no, man, they're they're Wakanda's black ops. Yeah, basically. They're, they're that they're Wakanda's black ops, their intelligence, their secret services, mm-hmm. their bo- mm-hmm. their their security, their everything. And the fact that we're actually getting to see them do that in multiple roles rather than just a a mention of it in Black Panther and you never see them outside of that. Right, right, right. It's I, mean, like, I think it's th- dope, this is man. still Black Panther tied. It's yeah, it's Wakanda, yeah. but it's, it's still good nice to see to them see. get some light on, get some light yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And only listen, only the Marvel Studios, because if you think about it, even in the comic books, yes, the Dora Milaje mean a lot to the lore of Black Panther, but as far as them, uh, with the rest globally, with the rest of the world, the the Marvel universe, they're not all that impactful, except for when it comes to Black Panther. That is changing they, now. Yeah, they've been kind of doing that a bit recently. In the comics like, now, yep. Yep. Because, I mean, obviously, ever since the current Avengers run, mm-hmm. they've had a bigger impact because yep. the Avengers being led by Black Panther mm-hmm. no longer get the support of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the U.S. government because they right. are no longer an American asset. Right, right. So, Which is so funny. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. So instead, uh, T'Challa's basically told Okoye, hey, build us, instead of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 
give us the agents of Wakanda, build us uh, a group of agents who are able to do this stuff, not just Wakandans, but other right. people as well. So, like, you're getting Fat Cobra from the Iron Fists. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love Fat Cobra, but you're, you're getting... <laughs> A brew who's more related to the X-Men lore than anything. You're getting... Yeah, yeah. Uh, who is it? Uh, Gorilla Man. Oh, shit. Actually, I, think, <laughs> I think that's his name. Oh, Gorilla shit. Man. Gorilla Man is his, actually his name. I was like, wait, what's his name? Like, It's not... Manape is, you know... Yeah, that's... Mbaku. Um, Mbaku. Gorilla <laughs> like, Man is my brother Napalm. Oh no! You mean the convo? Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Oh yeah, like they have like Gorilla Man. They have Kazar. Yeah, they have Kazar. Right, right. It's like they're using all these characters that don't necessarily get a lot of usage, even though some of them are really interesting. Like Kazar yeah. is a fascinating character. Yes, he they, is. Just, they don't use them much because they haven't really touched on the Savage Land a lot. Mm-hmm. Savage Land is they basically have been using the Savage Land as a locale and 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 not much else. There's lore there, but it's not something that they I think it has to do with marketing too. Like any one of these characters that are solid good characters that might not be popular can become popular if they're marketed right. We've seen that already with the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like they can become popular. Even I would even argue uh, Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson before a certain period, you can literally mark a period in Marvel where yes, we knew of Sam, but Sam wasn't one of the big guys. He was Cap. You know? He was Cap sidekick for a yeah, while, right? Yeah, like we knew him, but but, but look what look what, what proper marketing a good story can do to a character. It can turn them from just an okay character to somebody we give a fuck about. To a marquee right? name. Yeah, exactly. So that that's definitely, I think, one of the big strengths of um, Marvel Studios. And I think it's starting to filter itself over to the comics. Because Moon Knight has always kind of been a big name, but not a super. It's not like he was part of the Trinity. And look, what, look what's about to happen to him. Because he already did that run. Um, um, in the, in, Age in the Avengers, Asia Conchu, he already did that run, and now he's about to get a TV series. And, and you his, know what's going to happen. It's going to blow. And judging from the the few things we have seen, mm-hmm. one of the guys in Moon Knight's last solo run, you got introduced to two new characters. Mm-hmm. The Sun King right, and Truth. Right. And from the looks of it, we're getting the arc that involves them. Wow. Cause like one of the guys, he definitely looks very reminiscent of sun King. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, one of the Oscar Isaac photos where he had a bunch of the moon Knight pictures behind him. Yeah. Well, one of them was the scene where he moon Knight first encounters truth. And you see truth's arms coming out around from behind. Him. Oh, and so like that would have been his, literally his last solo run and he has right. a new solo run coming up later this year right in like a month or two so nice he's like, about to blow man he's gonna blow yeah he's gonna like, blow. He, he's, he's a character who will get a run and then go two three years without a run then he'll right. get another run then he'll go right. another three years four years without one and 
this is probably the shortest I've seen a turnaround because he hasn't had a run in about a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's about to get his up next run, which, again, a year without a run, unless you're one of the marquee characters, is actually still pretty good. Like, yes, if, yes. if you're not the X-Men, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, right. Captain America, right. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash. Right. It's not uncommon to go a cup a year or more mm-hmm. without having a run. Mm-hmm. Your run ends, cool, that's it. We'll come back to you in a bit. Right. So right. the fact that he's his period for new comics is going from a couple years to a year is showing that they think he's going to have a bigger impact coming up. Yeah, my prediction on that is um, he's slowly going to gain uh, more popularity up until his series. And once his series is, because you see how Marvel do, they don't drop two series at the same time. They drop one, focus on that, and every on all everybody's attention is on that. When that attention gets on him, if they nail this series, if if it's if it becomes pop culture relevant the way Wandavision did. The way uh 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 Winter Soldier did, he's going to be a mainstay character that's not going to go <laughs> three years without a, a title. And, and that's is, not going to happen. This show is supposed to come out next year, mm-hmm. and I believe it's supposed to be the first of the TV shows next year. Okay, because the last show of this year is Hawkeye and that's what comes out before this as far as right. the TV series right so it's the first Marvel TV series coming out next year so we're looking probably February mm. February mm. March mm. interesting and, and, and that that's probably like yeah we don't have we a don't... set date yet and I mean the schedule the the release schedule this year is kind of compact because a bunch of these things were supposed to come out last year and mm-hmm. they got delayed because of COVID. Right. right. So right. we're getting what five series this year when there was only supposed to be three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely going to, it's a lot. Listen, yeah. I, I'm here for it. I, I'm mad about so, last year, but I'm I so next, this. next year. There's only three series confirmed. Right. Hawk, which is Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Secret Invasion mm-hmm. for TV series. So it might be once every four months instead of once every two and a half. Right. Because, right. like we said, two Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision were supposed to be 2020 releases. And yeah. instead, they got pushed to 2021, so all of a sudden... We're getting a new series week, two weeks, three weeks after the last one ends. Right. Because, like, remember, there was that one-week gap between Scarlet or WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. There was, like, a three-and-a-half-week gap, four-week gap yeah. between, between uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki. And then we still have... Uh, Hawkeye and Miss Marvel after Loki this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Feige. And what if? Three weeks and ever. what if? Wait, we get what if this year too, right? What if, which is going to be animated, but it is still MCU. It's yes, yes. 
Absolutely. It's going to be an animated. Uh, they've confirmed two seasons of it so far. First season is 10 episodes, and it's going to be sort of like, what if Peggy Carter got the Captain America serum mm-hmm. and became mm-hmm. Cap? And became Captain Britain is what they called. So right. And what if Black Panther became uh, Star Lord? Yeah, it's like all those other things. So I can't wait for that. Can't wait. And by the way, to my understanding, all of those this is lore. It's just multiverse stuff, but it's 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 lore. Like yeah, if it's happening in the the MCU, it's just different realities, and it's just being portrayed in the form of animation. So um. Uh, I've been looking forward to them doing what if because I've often said that they needed to bring that line back, um, and which there I think they really did. Good stories, yeah, yeah, really good scenarios and premises that I think would make for just great animation. That's why I'm hoping that's going to be more than one season. Oh yeah, like a lot they, of shit they, they confirm, can do. They did confirm there was going to be a second season late nice. in late 2019. Nice, nice, nice. They haven't so, really announced what it's going to be about, but obviously, it's yeah, a what it's going to be. A, but my question is: so, if we get this ongoing um series, is it possible? Because it's going to take more than just this one series. But can Marvel finally be back in the running for good animated shit? <laughs> like I'm just saying, I'm just saying, DC has been kicking their ass with animation for a long time. But from what I've been seeing of what if, it looks amazing. And if the, if that is the style they use going forward with other things animated, because why stop it? What if? Why stop it? Why stop there? Give us something else. Similar style. Is it I, I possible? Guess, I guess it'll come down to uh one, how well it's received. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And two if the animated stuff is going to still be tied to the MCU for the budget. Because ah. remember, this, this this is MCU stuff. Right. A lot of the stuff like Ultimate Spider-Man, Marvel. Yeah, that's, like, that's something else. All that yeah. stuff, that's not MCU related. And right. it's also kind of got a different demographic. Facts, facts, facts. They they, they typically um push towards a younger market. You know that that 10 to 13 type thing or 8 mm-hmm. to 13 whereas a lot of DC animated is actually geared towards your 16 17 18 year olds which gives it some appeal to the group under and it gives it some appeal to 52 guys year olds just, I was going to say <laughs> guys who are just massive nerds like yeah, us exactly. <laughs> exactly so and that that's another difference when, when your demographic is that broad and mm-hmm. is a bit more towards the older side it allows you to do a lot more with that's true everything about it that's true shows that are geared towards the kids generally don't uh have the same demographic pull towards the adults which causes it well we're not getting the same numbers and viewing everything mm-hmm. else we're not getting the ad revenue right so right. we're not gonna put as much into the graphics into the everything. Yeah, into the voice acting, paying people. Yeah, that's true. That's and, true. And here you're actually getting people who voice people in the MCU are voicing their characters in Right. Wolf. Right. So like Chadwick Boseman actually did do all his voiceover work as T'Challa. 
before nice. he died. Nice. You have Chris Hemsworth. You have Sam Jackson, Mark Ruffalo, Josh Brolin, Michael B. Jordan, Natalie mm, that's, Portman. That's an expensive. Like, that's expensive. That's expensive as hell. Like you have your Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas. You have Jeff Goldblum and Jimon Honsu. Right. Like, all, all these guys who voiced. If their character is in the MCU and here, they had the guy who voiced the character in MCU. Voice yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, and that budget is expensive as hell. So if they go, well, if they do it's another. Why season, a lot of these guys are one episode, maybe two episodes, right? So right. Right. Facts. Facts. That also helps. It's like, hey, it's. One episode, it's voice acting, so you can get away with paying less for it. And because mm-hmm. it's one episode, it's not necessarily time intensive. Right, right. It's a good point. Um, so what's the next story? Next up is uh, uh, rumors suggesting that the new Guardians of the Galaxy lineup after Guardians Three is hmm. going to be completely different. Wow. I mean, we have uh, Batista talking about how his time as Drax is pretty much done. Yeah, that's over. Everything else is like, you know, it's like my storyline is going to be finished. His big storyline was about killing Thanos. Thanos is dead. dead. There's, There's not much there. It's like, fair enough. Yeah, he did a good job. He can move on if you want. So it says uh, MCU's new Guardians of the Galaxy lineup has reportedly been revealed. Mm, okay. Following the conclusion of Avengers Endgame, there was one question on the minds of MCU fans around the world. Where does the franchise go from here? With a handful of key characters hanging up their hat or shield, it's not entirely clear how many old faces will be returning for Phase 4, save for the upcoming <laughs> Black Widow prequel, which will see the return of Natasha Romanoff. That being said, one exception is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Even though their future hung in the balance when James Gunn was fired from the project and then rehired, yeah, uh, Disney came to their senses, brought him back on board for Volume 3, and it looks like the main cast will all return to the big screen in a few years' time for another cosmic adventure. Furthermore, it appears as if the House of Mouse has big plans for the series moving forward. Though they don't necessarily include the ragtag group of characters we've come to love and know over the past few movies. Hmm. You see, according to the sources close to We Got This Covered, the same ones who told us She-Hulk show was coming to Disney+, Plus, a Beauty and the Beast spinoff for Gaston was in the works, and Taskmaster would be the main villain in Black Widow, a new Guardians team will be introduced after the end of Volume 3, which is set to wrap up the story of Star-Lord and company from what we've been told, this squad will include Adam Warlock, Beta Ray Bill, <sighs> Bug, Moondragon, and Phylavel. Holy shit. So, this is... Holy al- shit. This is almost a modified Infinity Watch. Right? Right? Mo- Moondragon, Phylavel, and Adam Warlock... Holy you're shit, you're man. basically replacing Doctor Strange and Gamora right. with Beta Ray Bill and Bug, and right. you've got the Infinity Watch. Right. Yo, this... Oh, man. 
And fun fact, for those who didn't know, Philovel is one of the other people who have also been uh, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel at yeah. one point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, w- she was the second woman to take up the title mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. So maybe she gets introduced in the Marvels? It's possible. It's, it's possible. possible. We don't know. That's we a hell of a team, bro. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. That's a hell of a... I'm looking at this team going... Because, you know, you, you get accustomed to seeing the, the characters. We, we've had Adam Warlock teasers for... Yes. Since the first Guardians of the Facts. Galaxy. Facts. So it's we, like... We even got a brief Beta Ray build teaser in, in Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Moondragon makes sense. It's kind of an out there character, but it mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Bug, that is a really out there character. Yes, very much so. Very much he so. He is such a minor character and so rarely used. <laughs> and that's why they're using him. <laughs> like they're showing yeah. off using him. They're showing off using him for real. And I mean, to be fair, he was in one of the incarnations of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. To be fair. So but it's like he hasn't been used since 2012. Jeez. He was he was in four issues of a comic that ran in 2012. He was in a couple of issues of a comic in 2008 to 2010. He was in a handful of issues of stuff. Mm-hmm. He had a brief role in the Annihilation event in 2007 that's where i first remember him from and and before that he hadn't been used since 2000 jeez like this is a guy who generally appears for 10 or 12 issues Mm -hmm. every 10 years so like when i say he's an out there character i'm not joking this is if the guardians that we know now were C-grade characters when they were first debuted in the movies. Mm-hmm. This guy is like an F-grade character. <laughs> but but he has all the tools to be the next like a next big well-liked character. Like he does. He has the tools for that. So it's like there actually there are a lot of characters in the in the Marvel universe, comic book universe, that if they put some attention to, put a little rebrand on them. They can, cause listen, Rocket wasn't. I didn't care about Rocket, and I didn't care about Groot until Guardians of the Galaxy. No, it's not like say, they were shitty characters. They weren't shitty characters. I will say I'm a little upset they never really worked in Rocket's catchphrase. Yeah, <laughs> blam killed you. Blam killed you. But they gave him some other shit too. Uh, yeah, that, the arm. Uh, how much for the arm? You know, that's yeah. Oh, I'll have shit. that arm. Yeah, some shit. He got some. You know, but yeah, it, yeah. It, it continues. How they'll end up in the MCU is still unclear. Mm. But this is apparently the roster the studio wants to roll with moving forward. Mm-hmm. Of course, it'll be sad to see the current Guardians of the Galaxy depart from the franchise. Yes. But we already know that Drax and Mantis will supposedly be getting their own Disney Plus series. Really? And besides, after so many adventures with Star-Lord and the gang, it's far from the worst idea to inject a bit of new blood into the property. Yeah, so my all right, my question. 
if Drax and Mantis get their own Disney Plus series, then how is that Drax walking away from the character? How is that uh, Batista walking away from the character? Unless this is going to be animated. Uh, I'm not fully sure. Hmm. Though, uh, yeah, it was... Supposedly, it was supposed to be a spinoff movie. Mm -hmm. That they decided to do a TV show for instead. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's, I guess, about Drax and Mantis searching for a daughter Drax believed to be dead but is actually alive. And Mantis ah. is just kind of tagging along for the ride. Right. Which is basically how it's she a does buddy it. It's a buddy cop movie. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a buddy cop comedy. That's basically what we're going to see there. I mean, I'm looking for I want to see it. And we're going to get introduced. I, I firmly believe we're going to get introduced to Beta Ray Bill in this upcoming Thor movie. I think that's one of the things yeah. they keep him really quiet, but he'll be introduced at that point. Because, like you said, we saw we saw the um the the statue of him in in Ragnarok as one of the champions, um, and we also saw Ares. Uh, he was also in there as well, and I'm wondering. Um, I'm it's it's kind of seems like we're going to get a bigger glimpse into the Olympian. Uh, pantheon as well even if it's just uh, a few characters like uh zeus or whatever in ragnarok confirmed. yeah yeah so i mean i'm all i'm all for it and, and it's, shit, i just thought about it what if um he already uh far as uh gore already killed off the rest of that pantheon and zeus was the only one left we might never see Ares. <laughs> you might never see him. his ass might be gone already um that would suck but uh anyway the next uh story WandaVision head writer Jack Schaefer signs a three-year television deal with Marvel. Interesting. So WandaVision head writer Jack Schaefer has signed a three-year overall deal, TV deal, with the Marvel Studios and 20th Century Television. Under the deal, Schaefer will develop projects for both Marvel Studios and 20th Television. Projects, it's you know it's, it's so difficult to say 20th television because you're saying 20th century Fox, but it's yeah, <laughs> it's so difficult. Um, but it's not Fox anymore, it's not know? Fox anymore, it's not Fox anymore. Um, Schaefer created WandaVision. Wait, a minute, I skipped something. Projects for Marvel Studios will go to Disney Plus, while projects for 20th TV will be developed for all platforms. Schaefer created WandaVision for television and also served as head writer and executive producer. She is also known for writing, directing, and producing the feature Timer, and also wrote the animated short Olaf's Frozen Adventure, and the feature The Hustle, starring Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. She also worked on the story for the upcoming Marvel feature Black Widow, which will be released in theaters and on Disney Plus on July 7th. Again, Feige, run me my widow. She is repped by Rit Lodge. It's coming, man. It's coming. <laughs> A month away. It's taking too long. She is repped by Rit Lodge, Verve, and Paul Hastings. WandaVision was the first Marvel Cinematic Universe series to debut on Disney+, Plus, launching on the streamer in January. The show starred Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, and Paul Bethany as Vision, with the pair reprising their roles from the MCU. The show received strong acclaim upon its release, holding 91% critical, critical approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Variety's uh, Carolyn Fram Framp 
wrote in her review, despite its character and dialogue beats, WandaVision isn't a sitcom. It's a sinister thriller wearing respectable clothes and an unnervingly bright grin. It's Pleasantville, if Pleasantville opened with the characters stuck inside the black and white television. Since WandaVision debuted, fellow MCU show The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has also debuted on Disney+, Plus, while Loki is set to drop next week. Well, by the time you guys listen to that, this week. Can not wait. Oh, man, that is, I am so excited for that. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. And also, um, if she was the head writer of WandaVision, I'm looking forward to other things that she's doing. I, I just am, because I thought that was well done. Like I said, the first two episodes, well, even though I knew what, what to expect. Here's the thing. I actually liked those episodes. So They I'm were not- fine. They were fine. But they weren't. I wasn't as prepared for them as I thought I was. Because I'm still in MCU movie mode. So when they went that, it was funny. But, you know, I'm looking for my MCU stuff, even though I knew this is what they were going to do. So it's kind of where I think a lot of people that, because they they didn't hide how they were going to do these first uh, few episodes. They didn't hide that. But I think a lot of people was like me. openly advertised. Yeah, yeah. But I just think a lot of people were like me, and we thought we were ready for it, and we wasn't. But after watching the entire series, I wouldn't have them do it any other way. Like, that is the way to do this. There's no other way to do it except for the way they did it right there. And if she's responsible for that, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of her stuff. I am. I am. Um, So what's next? Next up is Sony Pictures building their own Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh Uh-huh. And we talked about this briefly. Yes, we did. The other one about how they have access to about 900 characters so that's the premise of this Mm -hmm. so sony executive sanford panich reveals that sony doesn't consider themselves to be building a spider-verse they're making a marvel universe of their own Hmm. so sony pictures doesn't just consider themselves building a spider-verse based on their spider-man spin-offs in their view they're building an entire marvel universe Sony Pictures acquired the film rights for Spider-Man and his associates back in the 90s, and there's a sense in which their original trilogy helped blaze the trail for the MCU itself. In 2015, they struck an unprecedented deal with Marvel that allowed Spider-Man to be rebooted again as part of the MCU. While Sony pushed ahead with their own movies based on the 900 Marvel characters whose film rights they own. This began with Venom, which grossed over $850 million worldwide and performed particularly well in China, hmm, proving there's enough. a real appetite for these spinoffs. Sony intended to continue these films in a shared universe based on the MCU, which they will call the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. <laughs> Hold on. See? See, Sony, this is, how, this is how you lose me, right? This is how you lose me. Go to your marketing team. Yeah. And get them to fix that. That's way that's that doesn't roll off the tongue. Come on, dude. dude. Listen, come on. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. 
<laughs> but this also includes films like Morbius and TV shows such as Silk. The precise hmm. relationship between the SPUMC and the MCU is uncertain. As well as the, the SPJ. <laughs> It's like, although it sounds as though they're going to be loosely connected to, by Spider-Man No Way Home, probably by virtue of the multiverse. Yes. Speaking to Variety, Sony Pictures Motion Picture Group President Sanford Panich has explained how the studio interpret the universe they're building. We really don't think of our 900 characters as the Spideyverse. Mm-hmm. We have a Marvel Universe. The volume of characters we have, you know, wait until you see this next Venom. You don't miss Spider-Man. Mm. I, mm. I I question that because Spider-Man's kind of a key part to the Venom story. Yeah, and saying you, you don't miss Spider-Man is kind of hard when he's literally the most marketable hero on the planet. Like, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't hot, know. Take, hot take there by the Sony's... <laughs> President. Hot take there. We we thought I had a hot take when I yeah. said I actually like the Ghost Rider. Movie. Right. Boy. Oh, he's got you beaten. He's got he's you got beaten. Me. He got me beat. <laughs> Credit. Credit. Woo. So not not every fan is likely to agree, but oddly enough, Panich's comments suggest the studio was actually learning from the comics themselves, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing. Yeah. In, in this case, especially, it's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> Although all the characters exist in the same universe, each office is run by separate departments of Marvel, and there are only occasional crossovers of some kind. You have the X office responsible for the X-Men line, mm-hmm. which has been going through a popular relaunch courtesy of superstar writer Jonathan, Jonathan Hickman. Hickman. And that's not me adding things. That's actually that's how actually the article that. is written. <laughs> not, not wrong. But not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> it's like, meanwhile, there's a separate office related to Spider-Man and his associated characters like Black Cat and Silk. And they generally have things in going in their own direction. There's so the a Spider-Verse. Yeah. Then there's the <laughs> Avengers division and everything else. So they're taking it like this. The Sony division is just one of the divisions as far as they're concerned. I like that tactic. I ain't gonna lie. I think that's 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 a good that's it's a like good take. Everything's a lot more self-contained than people think, which mostly works, but every now and then it doesn't. Both the X-Men and Avengers comics have vampire plots featuring Dracula yep. completely different directions there. But, you know, for the most part, everything works out. And yeah, then you get yeah. you get the crossovers, which is basically, in this case, Spider-Man. Plus, Dracula is Dracula. No matter where you put him, he's different in the Marvel Universe a little bit than you see him in other works of fiction. But he's ba- as far as in Marvel, no matter what book you put Dracula in, he's Dracula. Like, certain yeah. things are... are intrinsic to the character him having his own nation they don't they don't change that because he appeared in the avengers and then he appeared in the x-men thing nah he still has his own nation those things they overlap enough where it doesn't feel like it's some separate shit going on there yeah 
it's just like they kind of have two separate directions going and they are a little bit conflicting. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, I, I get the point they're trying to make here. Mm-hmm. But their article continues, the performance of Venom proved these Spider-Man spinoffs can work without Peter Parker. Almost any character can resonate with the audiences if they are handled by the right creative team. Agreed. Agreed. That is the case in comics, and there's no reason it shouldn't prove true in the films as well. I agree. In this case, assuming Sony takes the multiverse approach and reveals their films are taking place in another dimension, they can still have occasional inter- interdimensional Spider-Man crossovers while blazing their own trailer trail without worrying about mcu continuity and it's an approach that just might pay off yeah i i agree uh mostly with um the idea that any of these characters we've seen it already we've seen it we know it can be done it's just that i don't know how can i put this i've seen marvel studios do it really well and going off of the money that venom made that's that's great but I think one factor that's being overlooked here is that one of the reasons why it made as much money as it did is because of its connection to Spider-Man because most people who know, know of Spider-Man know of Venom. So yeah. if people went to watch Venom, it's because he's connected to Spider-Man, even if Spider-Man's not you know what, in the though? movie. You know what? That could just be... It doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be successful. Yeah, yeah. There, Yes, it's connected to Spider-Man. Maybe that's why it's starting off so well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if this movie, if Venom 2 comes out and is pretty good, if the right. Craven movie and Morbius movie come out pretty well, yes, they're all going to get Yeah, they'll boost. do fine. Yep. They're, they'll get the boost because of the Spider-Man connection. Right. But if those all actually end up doing well, they've just established themselves there. That's a fact. That's a fact. And from there, people are going to see it because it's a good universe. Right. And because they like those characters, um, irrespective yeah. of whether or not Spider-Man is involved at all. So, yeah, that's true. So, right. so it, the Spider-Man connection is a jumping point, rather, or they're using it more as a jumping point right. rather than the main selling point it's like spidey can bring you to the dance but it's still <laughs> on you to capture the people to keep the people there who would have thought that marvel's main competition in movies wouldn't be dc what <laughs> would be sony saying fuck it we're gonna build our own marvel universe <laughs> That's why I like the way they're doing the um, shared agreement because they can actually eat off of each other. If Sony is successful and these movies slated to come out under their umbrella are blockbuster, people enjoy the characters, they look anx- they're anxious to see what else these characters do. Because they have the sharing agreement, Marvel can then use some of these characters as well and eat off of the fact that they elevated that character up, and you know any of those characters that's connected to any MCU shit is going to get a serious boost as well, so then when Sony goes to use them again in their shit, they're going to be even more popular. And yes, yeah, sa- yeah. same thing. It's like, oh, cool, we had all this, we had this arc with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. We want a interdimensional thing where Spider-Man shows up in our universe, mm-hmm. but 
let's say we get Doctor Strange and Nightmare. Right. Or something like that. Right, right. And assuming the relationship remains, you know, amicable between the two companies. Right. They could probably work something out on, like, outside of the Spider-Man being the big one. They can work everything else out on a movie-by-movie basis type thing. It's like, hey, we want to use this guy for a cameo. Facts. We can give you this guy for a cameo Mm -hmm. in return. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, this this could be very profitable, and I think it'll it'll remain amicable. I mean, uh, I I trust Tom Holland's um, decisions on a lot of this stuff. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, dude, I'm crediting him for all of that. They was acting like babies. And Tom came like, look, you guys, are are you stupid or are you dumb? You know how much money we stand to make from this and y'all doing this dumbness? I mean, I'm sure money is part of it, but also Tom Holland just genuinely likes playing the character. Well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean. (laughs) Absolutely. I trust Tom. Like, like, it it. goes back to, like, him helping Bernthal audition for Punisher. Right. And that was well before the Spider-Man. Exactly, exactly. It's the fact that he just, he wants to play the character. Right, right. and like he was even saying, like even if an agreement wasn't made, if Sony still said, "Hey, we still want you to play Spider Man," he still would have played it. He, he said he was going to do it mm-hmm. because he wants to play the character, right? It's like, but why, why ruin something we've already established? And everybody loves it. And and obviously his friendship with guys like Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Robert Downey. He Jr. wants to work with them, man. <laughs> Yeah, he wants to work with them. Who wouldn't? The, the, listen, yeah. when you when you like, watch, our, our RDJ kind of really took him under his wing too. Yeah, he absolutely and did. Then, again, that Mac Mackie and Stan rivalry friendship they have going on, dude. Dude, when you watched uh, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, didn't you want a job there too? I wanted to work there. Like, come on, listen. Of course, Tom I'll wants be to be a, a part grip, of that. I don't care. Right? Give me, give me. As long as I get to be there for the for the ridiculous. Back and forth between them. That's that's I'll, I'll off be the camera. Dude who makes the sandwiches? I don't care. Right. Just get me there. <laughs> I'll make a killer PB and J. Listen, <laughs> just saying. I don't blame Tom at all for wanting to hang around. That that's that's cool. That's cool shit. Um, and our final story. Um, if Marvel chooses to pursue a more horror themed TV or movie series. They have the base work for them to bring in a, a variation of the Midnight Suns team. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If Marvel wanted to make a Midnight Suns TV series or movie, the MCU already has a number of characters who could be a part of the team. With the Infinity Gauntlet arc that powered the first three phases of the MCU, Phase 4 is introducing a wave of new characters and superheroes, largely courtesy of its Disney Plus series. With a few series, some of the upcoming shows, Marvel has already laid the great the groundwork for both a Young Avengers team and a Champions team with the introduction or upcoming introduction of characters such as Wicked and Speed, Jacqueline Torres and Kate Bishop as the next iterations of Falcon and Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, America Chavez, and more. And like while the Cassie fo- Lang, like Cassie, Cassie Lang, come uh, on. Uh Elijah Bradley. Elijah so Bradley. Isaiah's grandson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And it says, uh, and while the focus has been mainly on the youth movement of the MCU, there's another team from the Marvel Comics that has already planted roots and will continue to grow them across Disney Plus series and the movies, the Midnight Suns. Excuse me. The Midnight Suns are a group of supernaturally based superheroes. And together, their titles essentially made up the horror wing of Marvel. The original team actually consisted of three smaller teams, the Spirits of Vengeance with Ghost Riders, Johnny Blaze and Danny Ketch, and later Michael uh, Badillino, Vengeance. I know I I just butchered his last name. Badillino. Badillino, there you go. Um, The Night Stalkers team of Blade, Frank Drake, and Hannibal King. The Darkhold Redeemers, Sam Buchanan, Victoria Mantessa, who, damn, yep, she's already, that's crazy. Uh, Louise Hastings, and later Modred the Mystic and Jinx. And finally, Morbius, the living vampire. Though the Midnight Suns team in its first incarnation didn't last long, only from about 1992 to 1995, a different incarnation was introduced during the Marvel Zombies run. And in 2018, the limited series Damnation brought back the team in their most recent lineup. And I'm glad this reminded me of that because I've, I've been planning on reading that shit. Um, yeah, you're behind on that one. I'm behind on that one. And, um, and you get them taking shots at Moon Knight in that one. Love it. Oh, yeah, definitely got to read that. It's um, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're not even magic. You're magic adjacent. <laughs> Love it. Um, while the Midnight Suns may not have been as wildly popular as other superhero supergroups, such as the aforementioned Young Avengers and Champions. Listen, listen, um, Screen Rat, seriously, stop it. Champions was not all that popular. Cut it out. The, the, the new run of Champions is actually hugely popular. So the new one, but initially the, the, the Miss Marvel, day, led, the Miss Marvel led yes, one with that, that includes that one. Torres, yes, which is kind of what they were mentioning earlier. Is like agreed, the fact that it's agreed. The Miss Marvel, Joaquin agreed, Torres, agreed. So that the, that's the one they're mentioning. I gotta give them this one. Is <laughs> I got to give them this one. <laughs> they know they was talking about the one with Immortal Man and all that shit. That's what they was talking about. Um, <laughs> Dude, wasn't had... that Great Lakes Avengers? <laughs> that was, you know what? You're right. He is. He was with the Great Lakes Avengers. Immortal Man is trash. Um, yeah. it, <laughs> it had a diehard fan base of readers. What's more, with Marvel tiptoeing into the more adult territory and weightier topics, even touching upon horror with the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, now is the perfect time to introduce the team on screen with a brand new lineup. There are already more than enough characters in or soon to be in the MCU who could join the Midnight Suns. The first and most obvious character is Doctor Strange. Though he didn't officially join the Midnight Suns in the comics until the Siege of Darkness storyline, he was the one who had secretly assembled and assisted the team from behind the scenes from the start. Considering Strange's current position in the MCU Phase 4 as being the Grand Chess Master and the only character who has the ability to foreshadow events and see what's happening in multiple dimensions, it makes the most sense for him to be the one to assemble the team in the MCU just as he did in the comics. But there are also a few other characters who have already appeared in the MCU, mostly in the pre-Disney Plus TV shows. While the Marvel TV shows still being MCU canon is a genuine question, it doesn't negate the fact that various members of the Midnight Suns have already appeared in live-action Marvel properties. Marvel bringing back the actors, or at least the characters alone, is something entirely within the studio's possibility. While not Johnny Blaze or Danny Ketch, Gabriel Luna played the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider 
in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. A few members of the Midnight Suns team also appeared in the Marvel Netflix series. John Bernthal as Frank Castle in The Punishers and Finn Jones as Danny Rand in Iron Fist. Lastly, Damien Hellstrom was already introduced in Hellstrom, which I watched and I thought it was really good. The very last Marvel TV series before Marvel Television got folded into Marvel Studios. In that series, he was played by Tom Austin. And while Hellstrom's sister, Satana, was never a member of the Midnight Suns in the comics, a version of her named Anna, played by Sidney Lemon, was also introduced in that show and would be another great character addition to the team. Interestingly, Elsa Bloodstone, another member of the team, had a live-action series in development. However, when the TV wing folded under the studios, it was scrapped. Still, the plans were there. There are also a few characters on their way to the MCU who could join the lineup. Chief among those is Blade, soon to be played by Mahershala Ali. While a release date for the Blade reboot has not yet been made official, Marvel tapped Watchmen writer Stacey Osir Kufer, I guess, to pen the script earlier this year, so it's moving forward and picking up momentum. Oscar Isaac is hard at work filming Moon Knight, which is set to premiere sometime next year and will introduce another member of the Midnight Suns to the MCU. One more character is set to make his live action debut early next year in the form of Morbius, the living vampire played by Jared Leto. Morbius has arguably played an integral role as integral a role in the history of the Midnight Suns as the Ghost Riders and Doctor Strange, helping to lead the team and even assembling his own iteration of it at various points. Morbius is technically the domain of Sony. Um, they've shown a willingness to work closely with Marvel. This year, Spider-Man's Far From Home will find a number of Spider-Man adjacent characters previously held by Sony, such as Electro and Doctor Octopus, reprising their roles in the MCU movie. While Sony appears to have no plans for now to allow its current Spider-Man universe characters to head over to the MCU, it wouldn't be at all out of the question for the two studios, excuse me, to work out a similar shared deal for the character Morbius. Yeah, we kind of need to see that. Um, when Marvel has accomplished with the MCU is amazing. No one can possibly deny that, just as they can't deny that despite its flaws, the Avengers Infinity War Avengers Endgame two-parter was a monumental payoff to over 10 years of on-screen storytelling. Still, it started to feel a bit too um, homogeneous, with Disney often curbing Marvel from experimenting in favor of playing it safe to hit all four quadrants and maintain the family-friendly veneer. Um, screen rant, screw you. Uh, you're not making billions of dollars. They are. Shut up. Much, uh, <laughs> much is being made of Doctor Strange 2 being the first horror movie in the MCU. And while it's worth wondering how much it will really lean into horror after the departure of the original director, Scott Derrickson, the fact Marvel tapped Sam Raimi to direct suggests it will still at least be heavily influenced by the genre. <sighs> Why does that, that line feel like kind of a left-handed compliment to Sam Raimi to me? I don't know why, but it does. I mean, Sam Raimi's done some legitimate horror stuff, but mm -hmm. his most notable horror thing is more of a horror comedy. That's true. That's the true. Evil Dead series is yeah, yeah. It is a horror comedy. So I, I think that's more what they're getting at. Gotcha. And again, we briefly talked about that too. Sam Raimi's, when we were talking about Scott Derrickson leaving, 
Right, right. Is the fact that Sam Raimi's style lead lends itself more to the Disney family friendly stuff. Yeah, yeah. A bit more. So I think that's more what they're going at. Okay, I just got to I got to check kind screen of, rant kind of, of, kind of a left handed compliment, but one yeah. that is also complimentary in the fact that it works well with how Disney and Marvel are operating. That's true. That's true. Um, Marvel is thankfully showing a willingness to branch out creatively in the MCU Phase 4 at least a little. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to say screw you, Screen, screen Rant, again, because it was the MCU that thought was forward-thinking and creative enough to say, alright, fellas, all of this um, origin story nonsense we can't keep doing that. We got to find more creative ways to introduce these characters. It was also them that made a decision that, mind you, all the other comic book movies that came before the MCU was not doing genre films, was not taking the characters and putting them in genre films. But, all right, Screen Rant. And also, Marvel just pumps out billion-dollar movies like no one's business. Yeah, I mean... Can we start with the... They, they, they've pumped out a couple $2 billion movies. Yeah, right. Like it's Some of the Marvel's going to screw this up stuff. I, I just... I Or Marvel was screwing up. I'll I, I be looking at these people sometimes saying that. I'm like, do you, is, it, is it because you really, really, really want to be an authority on this stuff? And that's why you feel like... It's, it reminds me of guys who have never uh, wrote a rap, never recorded... Never um, signed anybody to a deal. All of a sudden, speaking about the music industry like they're moguls. Like, but, but yeah, it. it's like, let's look at it this way. The top 10 grossing superhero films of mm-hmm. any superhero genre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eight of them have been MCU. At number six was The Incredibles 2. Right. And at right. number nine was Aquaman. The other eight, including all top five, were MCU. I mean, are we? That's what I don't like. The, I, that's the only thing. I, I don't like the the self-serving accusatory tone, even if it's slight. Because I feel by now, uh, Marvel Studios has proven itself. Like, come on, are we still doing that? Um. It continues, other Marvel-branded projects have already thoroughly explored horror and shown that it can work in the MCU. It may have flopped, but Fox's New Mutants was a victim of production hell and the Fox-Disney merger. And Hulu's Hellstrom series was also, unfortunately, the victim of the Marvel Television-Marvel Studios merger, released with virtually no marketing and little fanfare, but performing fairly well with audiences. Both were true horror genre products and generally unsettling at times. Despite the unfortunate circumstances beyond the control of each affecting their reception, they have proof that Marvel has the ability to lean into horror. Here we go. If it chooses. And it would be foolish not to beyond just Doctor Strange 2. Horror is one of the most popular and consistently steady genres out there. An increased interest in horror has experienced a resurgence in recent years. Horror movies are now being released all year round, and horror series and supernaturally tinged TV abounds. Marvel finally doing horror would tap into an enormous demographic that has thus far eschewed most MC. Okay, I got to stop you there. I got to stop you again. How do you know that? I like horror. I also like the MCU. 
Like, I, how do you make a statement like that? Like these two demographics don't overlap. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I I don't. Um, it continues. Uh, the Midnight Suns will would be a perfect way to embrace the supernatural genre and horror elements while still maintaining a PG thirteen rating. Those claiming kids couldn't watch a Midnight Sun series or TV show because it might be too scary may want to go back and rewatch the final series scenes of Infinity War or the entirety of Endgame. They are not lighthearted in story or tone. Tom Holland's Peter Parker turning the dust is is as essential essentially horrifying as anybody as anybody horror what the fuck i don't know what they, i don't know um that their their editing is a little crazy right here um thanos's outriders are still monsters even though they come from another planet rather than through supernatural means and the dark hold a spell book of dark of dark magic that has been at the center of a number of the midnight sun storylines in the comics has been floating around the marvel tv shows for years before showing up in the mcu proper and wandavision and set to reappear in doctor strange 2 marvel has arguably been tiptoeing around horror for years now in the mcu it's time to actually embrace the genre and do it properly and the midnight suns team could do it so, despite some of the tone of this article, I actually agree with most of it. Um, of course, you want to lean into the horror. Of course, you do. Like, like he said, quite rightly in the article, they they run horror movies and TV shows all year long. I literally spent the last fifteen years or so watching Supernatural. <laughs> all right, which so, itself, which itself was pg-13 exactly exactly so you know i agree um it's a great way to continue the uh momentum that marvel studios has um it's 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 refreshing um it's a refreshing take because these are still superhero-ish characters and it's a they're genre films and marvel has been doing really well with genre films so um yeah, Midnight Suns would be dope. I would that that's something that would really keep me engaged because I like the horror aspect of it. I like all of those uh all of the, the different uh, elements in horror from especially the supernatural uh supernatural creatures or animals or powers or some stuff like that. Like that's interesting. Their take on on vamp on vampires. That would be interesting. Werewolves. That would be interesting. Uh even um ghosts and all that other shit. That would be interesting. Satan, even Satanism. I know they're not going to go completely lean fully into that, but that would still be cool to see Mephisto and Satanish and uh freaking Blackheart in there. So yeah, I, I'm with it. That's something I would I would definitely want to see and watch and see multiple movies and TV shows based around that shit. Why not? Also with Blade running around with that, and I told you. There's a little bit I saw of the Morbius thing. That shit looks hot. Looks hot. I, I would watch that. Sony, I think Sony has a winner with Morbius. I was they do it right. And Jared, Jared Leto is a nutbag. So <laughs> he's <laughs> I'm sure he's all in, you know, and it's already filmed, right? They already finished filming that, right? Yeah, I believe so. So yeah, yeah, dude. I'm 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 with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. 
But uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the last story. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, you got anything you try to promote this week, sir? Not offhand, no. All right. Just the fact that uh, hopefully we'll have some more content on our YouTube shows mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. on the sooner side. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason we did a news episode this week is because there's been a lot of news that came out in the last week yeah, or so. Absolutely. Like, I had a whole bunch of them that was like, cool, I'm going to have to set aside a couple hours just <laughs> to kind of do this stuff. Right, right, right. Because of how much there it's was. just a and lot. Instead, it's a lot. Doing this took care of that. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> right in the nick of time. Um, I also want to remind all of you to go check out the Black Culture Geeks podcast. That's Black Culture Geeks with a Z, streaming live on the YouTube channel of the very same name every Saturday at 11 a.m. Um, go check out uh, Jaded Nerds uh, Celebrity Beat Gossip, or is that Celebrity Gossip Beat? Somehow I'm doing magic now, switching words around. Um, on his channel, Jaded Nerd, and from what I'm hearing, um, Adequate's about to jump back into his uh, live streams, so you can check out Addy's Game Room on Facebook and on YouTube. And um, the Rise Podcast, at least currently featuring uh, me and Coach Squeeze, you can check that every Sunday at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. So, um, for Medicine Mutants, he is Super Saga. I'm Tombstone the Dead Man. Y'all have a good day, and we are out of here. Peace. Peace.